Welcome to my first annual spiritual question and answer session. It might be more than an annual thing. It could be semi-annual. It could be monthly. I don't know. Um, I just felt like it was time to, um, you know, interact with people, uh, get some feedback, get some testimonies, answer some questions. Um, I apologize for not having the chat available in my channel. Uh, I do not have the time right now to moderate the chat, to remove all the bots, to remove all of the, the spam and the doom porn. I just don't have the time to moderate that. So unfortunately for right now, um, my channel is not going to have chat available. But I want to do more of these live streams where you guys can jump on, ask questions, give feedback, uh, and maybe you know share some testimonies. And as a lot of you have been seeing, I'm posting healing testimonies in my channel every day. These are healing testimonies that are coming into me by email. As people are seeing the healing testimonies in my channel, uh, they're deciding, hey, you know what? Uh, if they can do it, I, I can probably do this. So people are stepping out in faith and they're exercising authority and they're releasing power. And they're seeing miracles. They're seeing people healed. They're seeing themselves healed. I mean, all the testimonies I've shared so far, it's pretty much people healing themselves. Uh, and I'm going to continue sharing these testimonies as they come in. Uh, today on the live stream, if you have a testimony you'd like to share, uh, I'll give you a few minutes <laughs> to share your testimony. Please don't take 20 minutes to share your story. Uh, that's being inconsiderate of other people's time. If you have a question, happy to take your question, answer the question. Um, you know, I'll do my best to answer it. For those of you who are wondering if there are any keys to releasing power and exercising authority for healing and miracles, I dropped um, an article in my Telegram channel. It's an article I wrote a few years ago that kind of su just summarizes some of the key things that people tend to miss when they're trying to get people healed. Uh, just, it's just eight keys, key points to remember when you're... Uh, trying to get someone healed, trying to work miracles. So that's in the, in the channel. There's also a link in my channel to the video that I did a couple months ago on releasing power for miracles, right? So if you have questions about that, just hit the video that's in the channel or read that article. Um, and I will be doing more videos on that subject in the future. I'm actually working on a book uh, on power and authority and I'm actually working on a lot of books right now I have I'm working on so dang many books it's crazy <laughs> try to keep them all straight um, working simultaneously on a number of books um, I love writing and editing not so much but uh, I'm in the creative flow and I'm working on a lot of books so anyway there you go there's your introduction uh, if you would like to ask a question or share a testimony Hit the, in the little menu thing, hit raise your hand, put your hand up, and I will start calling on people. Uh, let's see, Kazuko! Oh my gosh! <laughs> Kazuko's on here. Kazuko is my friend from Japan. Kazuko, you can unmute yourself. What's up? What's going on? Can you hear me? Good morning, Kazuko. Good morning. How are you? I'm mm, fine, thank you. I'm glad to see you. I am glad to hear you. 
Oh, I can I can see you. You're you're on video. Wow, that's cool. I didn't know that they did the video now. So <laughs> exciting. So what's going on, Kazuko? Yep. Pardon? What's going on? Uh, I like to share uh, that one of the test testimony. Okay. Okay. Uh, as I'm not good at English, I made uh, a manus manuscript, and I I'm going to read it. Okay. 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 Yeah. Uh, uh, I like to share the testimony of Patrick, who came to Japan five years ago. He had injured his leg in a motorbike accident one and a half years ago. At that time, I was in a certain ministry that had a world map with people who pray for the sick. Patrick found me on the map. He is from Texas and he lived in Korea. He wanted to visit Japan to take a trip to Nara because he had <coughs> Nara is a beautiful place to visit. I live in Okayama and he thought he could stop by in, in Okayama to go to Nara. He emailed me and asked me if I could pray for him because he had injured his tendon and had a pain all the time. He said he was a Christian and believed divine healing. <clears throat> he came to the nearest station where I live. When I saw him for the first time, I felt very sorry for him. He couldn't walk without a cane, but at the same time, I was bewildered. Oh, no, I've never prayed for people who can't walk. I had prayed for many people. They were all healed, but I had never prayed for the one who couldn't walk. Then I pulled myself together and said to myself, It's not I who can heal, it's Jesus, and nothing, nothing is impossible for God. When we came home, I started praying for him. I put my hand on his leg and commanded the pain to leave in Jesus' name, for several times, <clears throat> and he was healed. And he was healed. healed. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I asked him the next day to write down his testimony to share um, with my friends. And this is the testimony Patrick shared for us. <clears throat> Hi, this is Patrick. I came to visit Kazuko in Okayama. I had a severe injury to my leg. It is not an easy medical fix because there is trauma and injury to many parts of the leg. <clears throat> I came to Kazuko depending on a cane. She prayed for my leg passionately. And I can feel the goodness in her heart. My leg feels much better and has significantly less pain today. I was so sleepy after Kazuko played. I believe the healing is emotional. 
I will be using the pain only in the time being as a form of protection from keeping people from walking into me and stairs, which I have had a very, very difficult time with. I believe the healing will continue. The muscle have been very weak and may take some time to gain strength. However, there is definite improvement after Casco's prayers. She is a very kind woman with a wonderful family, and I'm very happy I had the opportunity to meet her. I anticipate that I will get to spend more time with her. So I hope to continue to provide updates. There is power in faith and prayer. Patrick, I just want to add one thing to his testimony. When I was commanding the muscles, bones, tendons of his leg to be strengthened in the name of Jesus, I saw the muscle and bones around his ankle moving before my eyes. Wow. And I like to quote uh, from Philippians chapter 2, verse 9 to 10. Therefore, God also has highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, of those in heaven and of those on earth and of those under the earth. Yes. Bones and muscle and whatsoever should bow at the name of Jesus. Jesus is that truth. And I like one more thing. Uh, Patrick cancelled his trip to Nara. He said he wanted to be with me longer, as long as he could. And he stayed Okayama for a week. That's all. Okay. Thank you. Thank you, Kazuko. You're welcome. Thank you. All right. So, uh, backstory on Kazuko. <laughs> I, I met Kazuko on Facebook, gosh, probably eight years ago. Um, we were, I was facilitating group discussions about healing. On Facebook we had a very large group of people some of the people were teachers and some were, uh, most were students and we were teaching on healing and miracles and Kazuko uh, joined our group um, she was she was learning like a lot of people about how to release power how to work miracles and um, she actually majored in English in college and she didn't know why she felt like God called her to learn English and she didn't know why and uh, over the years she has been translating my articles and providing transcripts for my videos on healing uh, in Japanese <laughs> she's, she's actually worked on the book hearing God's voice she's translating chapters of that into Japanese for the Japanese people there aren't very many people in Japan who teach on the supernatural and Kazuko is providing videos and articles for them uh, based on based on my work. So I, I have a, a special place in my heart for Kazuko. 
She's a great woman. She has a great heart. And, and she's a good teacher. Uh, Lynn B. has her hand up. All right, Lynn B., unmute yourself and go ahead. What's on your mind? Hi, Dave. Uh, first of all, I want to thank you because uh, because of you, I met Kapiko. Oh, really? And Yes. I uh, About <laughs> two years ago, I emailed her. I couldn't believe she's on the phone. I talked to her two weeks ago. Um, and, boy, she's just an amazing, amazing woman. Isn't she? And I've learned from her, so yeah. much from her. And uh, so here's my question. So I, God has really blessed me, and I've had a lot of success of being able to pray for people over the phone. And I, you know, I have, I really follow what you and Kazuko has a lot of influence on me. Um, and so I put my hand on the phone. I release the power of Holy Spirit into them. I command them to be healed in the name of Jesus, and they're healed. I did this last week, and Jesus healed them. Uh, of a of a shoulder issue, uh, so I started to do this on myself because since I was thirteen, I had not very good eyesight. Uh, I'm, you know, bottle glasses is the name I've heard before in my yep. life. But then I got contacts, and then I was cute again. <laughs> but I want to be able to have twenty twenty vision, and so I do the very same thing to myself. And uh, and receive the and, and receive because then I'm the healer, but I'm also the receiver, and it's very important the receiver. So I, I have done this so many times, and I am just determined. I just know that God is going to tell me. And I've got a couple of other issues, but I'll just stick with the eyes. But it hasn't happened yet. So, do you have any yep. um, anything you can tell me here? Yeah, so right before I started the live stream, I posted a couple of links in the Telegram channel. One of them is eight keys to releasing healing and miracles. Okay. Okay. That article goes through step by step a number of things that people sometimes forget when they're mm -hmm. trying to release healing or work a miracle. And there's is everything from emotional healing uh, to, you know, sometimes it's a court of heaven issue. Have you been to the court of heaven? <laughs> Um, you know, th things of that nature, oh. right? So that, that article will give you suggestions of things to check uh, to make sure that you've got all the bases covered. I will say this. Yesterday, the Lord reminded me that Dr. Vine, when I was, when I was 13, I think it was when I was 13, he had told me that, and I just loved Dr. Vine. He was an optometrist. And my mother loved him, and he was a Christian man. He said, Here's the thing, he said, if you keep going like this, you will be legally blind, and contacts is the only thing that can heal you. And I believed him. Oh. And so, and so the Lord reminded me of that yesterday, and so, you know, I addressed that in, uh, through emotional healing. All right. And so I just wondered if that was... Yep. I'm going to talk that. about that. Lynn, I'm going to go to the next person in a second, but I'm going to address that particular issue before we go to the next person, okay? Okay, great. Thank you. Yep. All right. So she brought up, uh, oh, Dan Meyer is in the chat. <laughs> hey, Dan, we'll get to you next. So uh, I was talking to a friend last night who needs healing of her hearing. She's got significant hearing loss. And I was praying for her, and I felt the Holy Spirit 
suggests to me that she feels like she can't be healed of her hearing. Like she's not worthy and other people can get healed, but she feels like it's not going to happen for her. And um, with your um, vision problem, the doctor said the only way that you're going to be healed is to get contacts. And you said, I believe that. Okay. If you, if you believe what the medical um, experts say about your condition, it's incurable. There's no cure for it. You can't be healed. Um, your only option is surgery. Your only option is contacts. Your only option is hearing aids. If you believe them and you receive that as a truth, um, it's going to be difficult for you to receive your healing. You have to reject those um, statements. You have to reject them and you have to believe that God is going to heal you and God wants to heal you. And you have to, that part of the receiving is... Uh, renouncing the things that you believe about yourself. Denise had a herniated disc in her back. She got an MRI. She had herniated discs and a couple of bulging discs. She had severe pain for six months. Or she couldn't hardly walk. And she and I both had some wrong beliefs about her condition. And we had to repent of those beliefs and we had to renounce those beliefs that she couldn't be healed. And once we did, she was healed. <laughs> It's just that simple. So sometimes we are the obstacle in the healing process. All right, uh, Dan Meyer, are you still there? Don't go away, man. Uh, well, I gotta find him. Hang on, let me get my glasses so I can see this. <laughs> Where is he? There he is. All right, uh, Dano, what's on your mind, buddy? Uh, unmute yourself. I'm unmuted. There we go. There you are. Uh, just a quick, quick praise report. Uh, thank you for praying for me last night. And uh, my eye seems to be much better today, and I don't have any headaches today. And really? I just wanted to give a praise report. Yeah. Really? So I'm, believe <laughs> I'm believing it's healed. Right on. Uh, okay, cool. I'll talk about that for a sec real quick before I go to the next person. Um, Dan is our resident sword-swallowing expert. He's actually the president of the, uh, I don't know if it's a national or international sword swallowers association. <laughs> and, and Dan's a, a personal friend of mine. We get together from time to time. We actually got together last night. We were hanging out. And he said, we were talking about healing. And he said, hey, I got some floaters in my eye. Uh, you know, it's, vision's kind of bothering me. So here's what I did. I put my hand right next to his eye. And I didn't say anything. I just put my hand there. Okay? I didn't say a word. I released power. Okay? So how do I how do I do that? <laughs> okay? When um, there's a there's a number of ways that you can uh, release power, that you can work miracles, that you can uh, release healing. And one of them is is uh, releasing power. All right? So here's how it works. Um, the Holy Spirit is the source of the power for healing and miracles. Holy Spirit is the source. We are something like uh, transfer stations or uh, power lines, right? We carry the power of God through us and we release it into people who need to be healed, okay? So it's like a power grid. 
Holy Spirit's a source. We are uh, the, the lines, the transmission lines that carry the power of God, and we release it into houses, and the houses are the people who need healing. We carry the power of God through us. We release it into people who need healing. How do you release power? By faith. By faith, by belief. There is a, um, essentially, we, the power of God is bottled up inside of us. It's there. We have to let it out. There's a valve that lets out the power of God. It's called faith. That's the valve. When we open the valve and we have faith, that releases the power of God into people to work miracles. So I put my hand by Dan's eye and I believed his eye was going to be healed. Now, you don't have to say anything to release power. You don't have to say a word. You don't have to command anything. It's a release of power. I just put my hand near his eye and I believed that the power of the Holy Spirit was going to flow through me into his eye and heal him. And the guys that they were there, they're looking at me like, what are you doing? <laughs> they're like, he's praying. I'm like, I'm not praying. I'm releasing power. That's it. Uh, a lot of people that I've seen healed, uh, I, I just simply put my hand near the injured part, whether it's a knee or an elbow or whatever it is. I just put my hand there. In my mind, I, I believe that the power of God is going to go into their body and heal them. And a lot of times it does. So one way to, you can just release power without saying anything if you want. You, you can say things if you want. That's fine. You don't, you don't have to, though. Um, sometimes power will leak out of you. I've been at meetings where people stood next to me and got healed. And I didn't know they needed healing. I didn't know anything about them. They just all of a sudden they're like, hey, I stand next to you. And all of a sudden I got healed. Like, I must be leaking the power of God. Um, if you have that faith, if you have that expectancy in, in your mind that people are going to be healed, that power can just flow out of you. People can put a demand on you and draw that power out. In fact, in fact, it's biblical. So in the count of the woman who had a flow of blood for 12 years, all right, the physicians could not do anything for her, Okay. The doctor said, nothing we can do, we can't help you. This woman whose testimony I posted this morning in my Telegram channel, she was healed of a flow of blood for 20 years. The doctors said, you know, we can do surgery, but there's no guarantee it's going to work. You may just have this the rest of your life. That's the diagnosis. We don't know if we can fix it. And the woman in the New Testament had the same problem. The physicians couldn't heal her. She didn't accept their diagnosis. She walked up behind Jesus and she said, I believe, I have faith, I have confidence that if I grab the hem of that guy's garment, I'm going to be healed. She grabbed his garment and power, it says, power left him. And he turned around to the disciples and said, who touched me? <laughs> the disciples are like, what do you mean? There's a crowd of people around here. Everyone's touching you. What do you mean who's touched you? And he said, I felt power leave me. Who touched me? Okay, her faith, her belief, drew the power out of Jesus and caused her to be healed miraculously. This woman, whose testimony I posted in my Telegram channel this morning, same thing. She literally in her mind said, I see myself sort of like the woman who's creeping up behind Jesus, and I know if I grab the hem of his garment, I'm going to be healed. She had faith. She had confidence. 
and she was healed. When she stood up, her pain was gone. The bleeding stopped uh, for six weeks. It came back. She jumped on it again and, and got herself healed. Okay, so um, the key is faith. The key is believing. You can do whatever you believe you can do. Right, Dan? We talked about this last night. Dan's whole testimony is about the first 20 years of his life where he continually told himself, I can't. I can't do this. I can't do that. I can't swim across the pool. I can't do this. I'm not able to do that. He just didn't believe he could do anything. And uh, he had a radical experience with God uh, and, and, a, and, a, and a mentor who challenged him to start believing that he can do things. And the next seven years of his life were pretty wild. Um, Dan Meyer has a, has a TED Talk. He has a bunch of TED Talk videos that are actually really good. And um, if you, it's a testimony to the power of faith, of believing. All right. Who is next? Uh, Florida? Nope. Let's see. SL. Uh, SL. Whatever your name is, whoever you are, unmute yourself. What's on your mind? Okay. I can hear you. Great, thanks. Uh, right, it's a, a dream that I had. It happened a few years ago now, but this dream was different in that it happened during the day. I just sort of nodded off. And instantly I found it was totally different from other dreams because I was being projected down this corridor and there was a force behind me. It was a really vivid dream, really strong force. And I was flying down this corridor and then I slammed into a wall at the bottom of the corridor, it was like really a jolt. And then I turned around and went in the opposite direction. I, I, I went right up this corridor again and I, I, I fell into this bed. And it was like a kind of dimly lit room. And I was aware that there was people in the room, but I couldn't see who they were. And then there was this man in the room and he like uh, straddled on top of me and he was like holding me down and they were all laughing at me and I had, I had no idea what was going on and uh, then the guy held up a crowbar and it, now I'm, I'm quite ill uh, just with illness uh, he holds a crowbar right up to my face and then infers that he's going to it was horrible to think about this. I never had a dream like this in my life, and I never had since. I hope I never do. But he was showing me this, the crow part, and he inferred that he was going to stick this under my knee, my kneecaps and pop my kneecaps off. It was hideous. And I don't know if you ever have that dream where, you know, you feel like you've got no energy in the dream. And I was trying to push the, the man off me, and I had no energy, and I was trying to tell him, I'm sick. Please, please leave me alone. And they were all laughing at me. And then uh, I told myself, suddenly, like, realisation came over me and it said, you have to wake up. You have to wake yourself, wake up. So I did. I made myself wake up. And uh, when I woke up, it was during the day, like I said, I just napped. Uh, and that suddenly came on me. It was, I have no idea what to think about that. Have you got any take on that? Yeah, that's sort of a, a common uh, 
type of dream that people have. Um, it's, they, they take different forms, but usually in these dreams, um, you're being chased or beaten or in some other way being harassed by, uh, by people who mean to hurt you. It's actually one of the most common dreams that people have. And they can be terrifying, but they're actually very common. And those dreams are simply illustrating the reality that there are um, evil forces out there in the world that want to hurt us, that want to kill us, actually. Um, Jesus said in John 10.10, 10, I have come that you might have life more abundantly. The enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. So we're in a, we're in a spiritual battle, and you just ran into uh, part of the warfare <laughs> in a dream uh, or, or a, a revelation from God that showed you some of the realities of the spiritual war that we're in. And um, God is able to train and equip us to become victorious over those forces of evil. Um, I, I have a friend, uh, Melody Pash. She's been teaching biblical dream interpretation for probably 30 years. And she's the one, she taught the dream interpretation class that Denise went to. And then she came home from the class, prayed over me, and I had my first dream in, in 25 years. Melody had a series of dreams years ago where um, she was being, basically being killed by this demon. So she'd show up in this dream and this demon would have a, a really powerful weapon. And she'd look around and go, I don't have any weapons. And this demon would come at her and just and kill her and boom, the dream would be over. And she'd have another dream. Uh, the, the demon would, would be there, this you know, evil spirit, and it'd have this weapon and she'd look around and go, oh, look, there's a stick. And she'd grab the stick, raise the stick and she'd get killed. She'd have another dream. Again, this being is there, it's got a powerful weapon, it comes after her, she looks around and grabs, oh, look, it's a little knife, you know, a paring knife, grabs a paring knife, she gets killed. This dream keeps on happening over and over and over again, but in each dream that she had, she found a slightly more powerful weapon, okay? And this was in a time in her life where she was learning about spiritual warfare. She was learning about the weapons of spiritual warfare. And she was getting better weapons in each dream. The last dream that she had, this uh, evil spirit shows up. It's got this weapon. She pulls out a lightsaber and kills this thing. And that was the last time she had uh, a dream like that. Right? So those dreams where we're being confronted by someone who wants to kill us or, or harm us, those dreams are just illustrating the realities of spiritual warfare. And they're encouraging us to step out and to learn to use the weapons of warfare. That's what they're about. All right, Alan Portain, uh, you can unmute yourself. What's on your mind, Alan? Hit the... Hello, Dave. Thank you so much. Uh, I just want to testify. Can you hear me? Yep. Can... Okay. I just want to testify that... Uh... My mother's left thumb joint was uh, burning, had a burning feeling in it, and had a, and it would ache particularly when she would do chores. So uh, every day uh, I'd, I'd be on the phone with her, and uh, 
I'd spent about 15 minutes or so commanding healing into her left thumb joint. Okay. And she's, uh, she's on the West Coast, I'm on the East Coast. And uh, for, you know, it felt, uh, for a few days, it felt like, and, it would do, uh, do, and for a few days, it felt like, oh, this is going nowhere, this is going nowhere. But on the fifth day, she said it's starting to feel better. Mm. And, then, uh, we, I, and then after, you know, another week of doing this, 15 minutes a day, uh, uh, she said, okay, it, the burning is gone, but I still, it still hurts when I do chores. So I kept on going every day, you know, four days a week or so, 15 minutes a day, just commanding, commanding over the phone. And uh, finally, she finally reported, uh, I can now do chores, and uh, my, my left thumb joint does not hurt. So uh, it wow. took about maybe five weeks in all. Wow. But I just, I just kept doing it. So, so praise God for that. Yeah, you just keep going, and uh, Satan gives up. Praise God for that. So uh, can I ask you a question or two? Why did you sure. why did you continue praying even though it seemed like nothing was happening? Because um it's the name above all names and uh there's a certain other minister I'm not going to mention to your ministry unless okay. you ask yeah. in private or really want to know right now. That doesn't and, matter. Um he would <laughs> cast devils out of people who uh were completely given this oh, what'd you say? No, that's that's okay. Keep going. Can you hear me? Yep. Can you hear me? Yep. We can hear you. Oh, Keep going. He would cast devils out of people that were uh, completely non-responsive or they were... Okay, he would cast devils out of people who were completely non-responsive or were completely possessed, who confessed no sins at all. And he said, if you just keep going, you'll eventually get there. So that's why I kept going. Yep. Yeah, that's, that's an awesome testimony. Uh, how do you act on the word to know God and grow? How do you do it? Yeah, so my spiritual routine has changed over the last 20 years, uh, a number of times. Um, first seven years that I was a Christian, I listened to Bible studies literally 24 seven, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. I would go to the fire station uh, when I was at work. And when I wasn't on a call, I had an earbud in my ear and I was listening to a Bible study. <laughs> from a pastor and it was uh, it was just kind of straightforward uh mainline evangelical bible teaching um and i was listening to, to bible teachers and they would go through all the books of the bible and over the course of about seven years um, i just got kind of in this habit of just listening to bible studies all the time i'd read scripture i'd study scripture i'd listen to commentary read commentaries um i was just like I have Charles Spurgeon's sermons. I have his entire collection of five books of Spurgeon's sermons. Um, I have a lot of commentaries on the scripture. In those seven years, I got really well grounded in the word. And then in 2008, things kind of changed. Um, that's when the Holy Spirit kind of uh, knocked the religious spirit out of me. And I, and I started to have regular conversations with the Holy Spirit through dreams and visions and hearing his voice on, on, a, on a regular basis. Um, my, my routine right now is, right now, today, this could change tomorrow. <laughs> my, my daily walk with God is one of, it's a, it's a continual conversation with the Holy Spirit. So no matter what I'm doing, whether I'm on social media, whether I'm 
you know, writing or editing a manuscript, whether I'm answering emails, it doesn't matter what I'm doing. If I'm cooking dinner uh, for Denise, I'm always engaged in this conversation with the Holy Spirit. I'm always hearing his thoughts and we're having this conversation. I, I turn my attention to the Holy Spirit and I think thoughts, I respond to things that he is saying to me that I hear as thoughts from the Holy Spirit. We're having this conversation. It's like having somebody in your house who never shuts up. Uh, God is kind of like a omniscient insomniac who just knows everything and never shuts up. So when I'm, when I'm at, at home or when I'm on vacation or whatever I'm doing, I'm kind of always just in this flow with the Holy Spirit. Like I, the Holy Spirit is giving me revelation. I'm hearing thoughts that I know are not my thoughts. That's how you know that you're hearing God. You, when, when, the, when you get these thoughts pop into your mind and you recognize them as different from the way you normally think, that's usually the Holy Spirit speaking to you. So I, I just engage in this continual conversation with the Holy Spirit and it continues in dreams. I go to sleep, boom, Holy Spirit gives me a dream, is showing me stuff that's going on. Um, and I wake up and I, I respond to the Holy Spirit. I'm like, okay, well, that was interesting. You know, good point. Uh, you know, well, this is what I'm seeing from what you said, what you showed me. And then I'll take a shower and the Holy Spirit will give me further revelation. Make some coffee. Uh, you know, I'll respond back to the Holy Spirit. I'll get out an email. He'll start giving me downloads in response to what I just told him. Right? We have this conversation back and forth. It goes on all day long. Um, it's it is very very it's very rare for me not to be sort of tuned in to what the Holy Spirit is saying, and and as far as the the Bible goes, when, as far as the Bible goes, when the Holy Spirit is talking to me, he will sometimes point me to specific passages in, in the scriptures, and and he'll he'll challenge me in some area. He'll point something out. He'll make an observation, and I'll be like wait a second, I think I read about that in the book of Daniel. Hang on a second. So I'll go into Daniel and I'll do some research and find out what he was talking about, right? So uh, we use, we use the, I use the Bible as kind of a reference tool for what, what the Holy Spirit is showing me, telling me, speaking to me um, actively. I'll then go in the scriptures and, and find illustrations, stories, you know, of, of that particular idea. Joel, if you want to unmute yourself. Okay, good. I read your emotional healing book about six weeks ago, and I follow those steps. And what I've noticed over the last month or so is that all these things that have happened to me, things I've even forgotten about, are resurfacing in my mind. Yep. Sometimes during the day, sometimes during the night. Is this a normal process? Yep, it is. Where am I going? Yep. All right, Joel, I'm going to answer your question. And then we're going to go to Q Hat, uh, who has a testimony to share. So, Joel, I'll answer your question first. Um, yeah, so I, I've noticed an interesting thing with respect to emotional healing. And that is that not everybody is, is um, prepared for emotional healing at the same time. Different people get prepared to be healed from emotional trauma at different times in their life. And I can tell when someone is ready to be healed emotionally when um, they're being triggered and a lot of past events and, and emotions are coming up. They go through this, you know, emotional storm. Everything sets them off. Uh, they're, they're just being triggered all the time. That's, that is a good sign. 
that that person is ready for emotional healing. And what what I think is happening, I don't not dogmatic about this, but what I suspect is happening is when a person is in a place in their life where they're ready and able to receive emotional healing, the Holy Spirit will stir up those emotions. <laughs> he'll go into your soul and he'll start stirring up those emotions and he'll start stirring up the memories and he'll bring those memories back to your mind so that you become uncomfortable and you seek emotional healing because you're getting stirred up and because you're uncomfortable. Uh, that's what I believe is going on. Like I said, I'm not dogmatic about it, but that just seems to me like what the Holy Spirit is doing. When people are being triggered, where memories are coming up, emotions are coming up, and they're you know, being set off by a lot of things, that's a good sign, I think, that a person is ready for emotional healing. Hey, Q-Hat, are you still there? Uh... <laughs> Q-Hat. Hey, buddy, tell us your testimony. Okay, can you hear me? Yep. Sorry about that. Yeah, I can hear you. Okay, I was hitting, I was hitting the wrong button. Ah. Um, <laughs> uh, first time doing this. Anyway, uh, short short story. Minute. I got a question for you to tie in at the end of it. Okay. Um, so as you know, I, I wrote to you. Um, yeah, I I show. know, but I know, but the other people don't know that. I, I Q Hat Q Hat is one of the people I posted his testimony in my Telegram channel of healing. Uh, for those of you yeah. who don't know, I didn't I didn't want to dox you, so I just put your testimony out there. Right. No, I that's 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 fine. Um, so I'll go through that real quick. Okay. Um, uh, you know, I I, uh, I do Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, or or did for a long time up until I got this injury where I strained or sprained my pinky in my right hand. Um, I quit. I quit doing it for probably a year, maybe a little bit longer, uh, because if I squeezed anything um, very tightly, which you have to do a lot of in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, um, it, it would just be very noticeable pain, and, and it would just aggravate it even more. Um, <clears throat> well, uh, I was sitting in my car, and I, got, I was just like, you know what? I'm sick of this pain. I'm tired of dealing with it. It's not getting any better no matter what I do. And I'm going to just implement what you uh, what you talked about in, in your book. So I just put my hand on it and uh, commanded the ligaments, tendon, the joint to not be inflamed anymore. And I thank Jesus for carrying the pain. And instantly, it was at least 95% better. I was moving around at full range of motion without any pain. I'm like, you know what? 95 isn't good enough. I'm going to do it one more time. <laughs> so I laid my hand on it. Prayed, prayed again, and this time it felt like a tendon like flipped over the side of my knuckle. I don't know anatomy, so I don't know if there yep. if that's even possible, but that's what I felt. And it, right after that, complete, completely, one hundred percent pain free. Right on. Uh, so you have another story to go so with that? I I have a short, um, just a very short story um, uh, or scenario. I, I'll. I'll say it that way, and I want to tie in a question to it. Okay. With with my testimony in mind, while I while I t share this with you, um, so over the past three years, I've had three major um, difficulties happen in my life. Uh, the most recent is my wife and I miscarried our first baby, and. Um, <clears throat> um, Excuse me. Uh, we 
we would pray, you know, every day together. We got a book, um, you know, um, praying through your pregnancy and stuff like that. <clears throat> and I'm just wondering, you know, uh, what do you do with discouragement like that? All right. When um, you can pray for something very simple, you know, and it's instantly healed and other things you spend hours a day praying for and nothing happens. So, um, I, like most people who operate in healing, you know, you're not going to see hundred percent success when you're, when you're getting people healed because there are just, there are just things going on, spiritual dynamics that you're not aware of. Um, I believe it's God's will to heal people hundred percent of the time. Uh, but the but there are things that have to be removed, issues that have to be dealt with, that are preventing uh, the healing in, in a lot of cases, and it's it comes down to an issue of asking the Holy Spirit to give you the keys, show you the thing you're missing, mm -hmm. to to resolve the situation. Now, with 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 respect to you know the, the miscarriage, um, I, I don't know why. I don't know what you were missing. I'm not sure what the situation was there. I, I, I don't know. What I do, though, is I focus on the victories. I focus on the successes. I keep my mind focused on the things that are, are going positively. I acknowledge the negative things. Okay, well, you know, I, I, I prayed for my brother, younger brother, who had metastatic cancer, and he died. Um, I prayed for a lot of people who have had cancer, and they, and they died. Uh, it, it's easy to get discouraged and it's easy to think it's not worth it. Um, I just keep going. I just, I'm a fighter and, uh, I, I, I get discouraged, but I, it doesn't last very long. Um, I, I have my conversations with the Holy Spirit. I'm like, okay, boss, you know, you told me to go and do this and I did it. You know, what did I miss? Where, you know, what happened? <laughs> and we normally just have these conversations and you know he'll he'll usually illustrate things to me that I missed that I didn't consider with my brother's um, um, death from cancer uh, what I didn't know was that my brother had actually given up hope didn't want to be healed he was ready to go on to the next you know phase and he just gave up hope and, and was and he accepted death at the age of 46 um, and he didn't want to be healed now, I've ran into a number of people that I prayed for that I thought they could be healed and then only to find out later they didn't want to be healed. So th there's, there's just a number of things that, uh, factors that we don't know, we're not always aware of and uh, it, it's difficult. Um, I, I got a f feeling like you're, you're dealing with some emotional wounds from that miscarriage. When you think about when you think about the miscarriage, right? You get you're expecting this. You're gonna have this kid, and then boom, you get the news that you know th there's a miscarriage. What emotion do you feel when you when you think of that? It's it's devastating. It's just devastating. Okay, so can you can you just uh, roll with me here and repeat after yeah. me? Yeah. Jesus. Jesus, I ask you to take the feeling of devastation away from me. 
I ask you to take the feeling of devastation away from me. I ask you to heal the wound in my soul. I ask you to heal the wound in my soul. I receive your healing. I receive your healing. Okay. So, um, take a breath. All right. Um, when you go back and think about this, the miscarriage, and your, the expectation, the anticipation, you're going to have a child, and then you get the bad news that there was a miscarriage. What emotion do you feel right now? It's more just sadness. No, okay. it's not. Yep. Okay, so repeat after me. Jesus, I ask you to take the feeling of sadness away from me. Jesus, I ask you to take the feeling of sadness away from me. I ask you to heal the wound in my soul. I ask you to heal the wound in my soul. I receive your healing. I receive your healing. Okay, take a breath. <clears throat> All right. Uh, so we're going to go back to this one more time. Uh, you're anticipating you're going to have a new child. You are all, you're excited. It's going to be great. And then you get the bad news that there was a miscarriage. What emotion do you feel now? I, I don't... I don't know. I don't feel an emotion like a negative one. Okay, so you're healed. Yeah. That's how fast it works. And, and this is this is the process that I use uh, for emotional healing. And and I would recommend, like you said, you've had three significant incidents in your life in the last, you know, in recent recent years. Yeah. I would go. I would go through this process and it, and recall the event, identify the, the emotion that you're feeling. Ask Jesus to take the emotion, heal the wound in your soul, and keep doing that until you don't feel any negative emotions. Um, I, w I okay. would seriously consider doing that for those events in your life. I will. I, I just got your I just got your book um, on that as well, so I'm I'm going to finish that up and make it priority. That's it. <laughs> yep. Uh, I just contacted a guy down at, who's a pastor down in uh, southern part of the country. I'm going to ship him a hundred copies of that book, and he's going to give them out to people uh, through his ministry. It's, it's, I got three other copies <laughs> to hand out to friends of mine that I knew needed it as well. So yeah, it's it's a really so it's cool. it's a simple process, but man, it is powerful. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you very much. I appreciate um, that. Uh, well, praying for me and and also um, that encouragement there on what to do with the disappointment. Yep. All right, brother. Take care. You too. All right. Bye. Diana Ortega, uh, hit the unmute. Okay. Can you hear me? Yep. Okay. Um, my question is kind of twofold. It's um, a, the, a dream question, and I did get a few of your books, and I have read through them. And um, I just have um, – so the first question is – well, I guess I should also state back that I dream a lot. I always have my whole life. And um, I never really thought that there was anything to it as far as I just kind of mostly thought it was just imagination. So um, I just started recording my dreams like you suggested in the book. Okay. And so my, my, my first part of the question is, should we assume every dream is a message from God or is some of it just like maybe a dream you saw or something that happened to you earlier that day 
<laughs> not then, every not every dream is from God. Um, okay. People do have soul dreams, but soul dreams have sort of a, a different quality to them than than dreams from God. Uh, dreams from God normally will have uh, a message that is uh, somewhat profound if you're able to interpret the dream correctly. Soul dreams are those dreams that are like uh, a poorly written story. They don't really have any point. <laughs> There's no moral to them. They're just sort of a bunch of random collected scenes that don't seem to make a whole lot of sense. Uh, and, they're, yeah. and they're not very symbolic. So no, not, not all dreams are from God. And there are dreams from uh, that demons and Satan will give you. Um, okay. So yeah, yeah that, that helps because sometimes, like you said, it's, it's it's just so random. There's so many like strange details, and nothing seems to make sense. And I was like, I I don't know what to do with this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, and then um, another thing that I noticed, I it's only been a month since I've been recording them, and. So let's say about 50, 40 to 50 percent of the dreams that I've been recording that I feel are messages. Um, I'm, um, there's always some sort of bathroom involved. Like I, I'll be in the middle of something and I have to go to the bathroom. Yep. And it's not my bathroom in my house. It could be an outside bathroom or a restaurant bathroom. Or, and I'm not actually going to the toilet yep. each time. Yeah, but that's but, the setting. Um, it's different. Yeah, the setting's different, and, and so I just thought to myself, as I was going through them recently, how interesting, about half of them, um, the, the bathroom comes up somehow. <laughs> yeah, so bathroom dreams are one of the most common dreams people have. Uh, if, you, if you break dreams down into categories, which I do in, in my book on, on healing, oh, sorry, on, on dreams, uh, the Dream Interpretation Made Simple book, um, I, I break dreams down into categories, and uh, bathroom dreams are one of the most common categories of dreams people have. Um, they almost always symbolize the need for cleansing in your life. Because that's generally what you're doing in the bathroom. You're either getting rid of stuff yeah. you don't need or you're showering or you're washing your hands or you know, shaving or whatever. You're, you're generally cleaning, cleansing your body, getting rid of things you don't need, cleaning things off of you, that, right? So symbolically, uh, bathroom dreams symbolize cleansing and usually it's just an indication that there's something in your life you need to get rid of um, that yeah you know, there, there's there's parts and things and issues um, habits um, views uh, biases uh, you know relationships that that are holding you back and the Holy Spirit's just kind of gently suggesting that it's time to clean up your act and get rid of that stuff so that's that's the gist of bathroom dreams. Yeah, yeah, and I have that's what I figured, and I have been listening to the Spirit every time he brings up, okay, this is what I want you to get rid of, or this is what you need to fix. <laughs> he's been telling, giving me exactly, and telling me in my mind, he'll yep. bring up a memory or he'll bring up a thing, and I've been doing it, but I, I feel, <laughs> I'm like, man, I'm still not done. What, yeah, one happening. of these. Well, and what'll happen is when you have adequately addressed those issues. The, the scene of your dreams will change. You won't have any more bathroom dreams. I had those dreams years ago. Uh, and then, you know, I, I took the instruction from the Holy Spirit. I got rid of the stuff that he didn't want me to have anymore. Boom, I haven't had bathroom dreams in years. 
Um, on to other things. All right, so that's indication. Yeah. Indication I still need to <laughs> Still a little work to do. Because, yeah. Yes, more work to do. Exactly. Okay. All right. Thank you so much. Yeah, you're welcome. All right. Let's see. Natalie Dix. Natalie Dix, uh, if you can unmute yourself, what's on your mind, sister? Hello? Can yes. you hear me? Yep, I can hear you. Thank you so much for taking my question, first of all. Sorry for the delay. I'm learning how to do it. Yep. Um, I just wanted to ask you, I had a dream about you where you, it was a very vivid dream, where you had prayed for my leg. And you knew exactly what was wrong with it when you looked down. And after I woke up from the dream, okay. I expected my leg to be healed, and it wasn't. And I was like, okay, Lord, was I supposed to ask him? Yes. For healing? Yes. Oh. Okay. <laughs> Natalie? Yeah. Natalie? Uh, which, yes. leg, which leg is it that's injured or needs... It's, it's the right one. What's matter? What's what, what's the matter with it? Cerebral palsy. Oh, CP. Okay. Um, I have yes, I have full blown cerebral palsy, but the right leg seems to be very spastic and very very stiff. Okay. And I can bend it when I'm sitting, but not like if I walk a little bit. It's like very stiff and very straight. And when All my right. parents try to like lift or take me anywhere, it's so difficult for them to bend it. Yeah. So. Healing cerebral palsy is a bit more difficult than healing a sprained finger. Uh, it's a little, little, little more yeah. tricky operation. What I'm going to ask you to do, Natalie, is if you can go to my website, go to prayingmedic.com, go to the contact page, and uh, send me an email with your name in it, and just remind me okay. that you're the woman who was on the live stream and you asked me healing for your leg, and I will then consult with the Holy Spirit and we'll try to find out what the key is to getting you healed. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Um, sir, and if you could please pray for Denise. The Lord gave me a, a, a long dream for her. I It might be a little bit too long to talk about here. Denise, Denise who? Your wife, Denise. I need to pray for my wife? All yes. Right. Tell, tell me the dream that you had. He, he wants to rewire her DNA. He said that she has a problem with her DNA and he will, he will walk in her emperor, in his emperor anointing. Okay. Rewire her DNA. And I felt like when he gave me this dream, he impressed upon me that you need to make declarations over her in the morning time when she wakes up. Okay, I'm going to do that because... She needs healing of a, from a couple of things, and we think it's related to her DNA. Actually, I had a dream a few years ago where God showed me, told me, that the key to her healing was healing her DNA. So th yes. that's confirmation. Okay. And he said he's going to walk in his emperor anointing to do so. And I truly believe he wants to heal her, and he talks to her when she's doing her art. That's how he ministers to her. He does talk to her when she's doing her art. And she is going she to is. be doing videos with her art. Um, she's she she's working through the process. She's going through the process right now where she's setting up her iPad and, and a webcam so she can do uh, videos of her painting. And she'll have those out Good. available to the public pretty soon. But it's a process. Okay, thank, you. <clears throat> thank you, Natalie. Please tell her that the Lord loves her. 
Okay. I Thank will you. tell her that. Thank you. Uh, Kasu Lowe's, you can unmute yourself and you can talk. I love your avatar, Hillary Clinton riding the tricycle being traced. <laughs> hey, what's up? <laughs> you can hear me now? I can hear you. <laughs> okay, good. Hey, I'm, I'm, I've been having a consistent, I've had this, I just had a second dream about a uh, black panther and uh, i live out in the desert um, and you're probably familiar with the arizona's i'm in new mexico so it's a little bit different type of a climate in, in a desert but uh, i can see this black panther out on a horizon and it's it's big it's like the size of a horse and it's able to you know come you know travel relatively quickly and I, I don't remember much of the first dream but i was able to kind of get back into my house and you know it kind of went on from there but last night i had a, a second uh, version of it and um in my house i had two bears and a family member told me in the in the house hey there's some bears in the hidden in the basket and i found out it was a mother bear and a cub bear and I'm like well we can't have bears in the house so I grabbed the bear by the scruff and pinched the mother bear um, between a thumb and an index finger and walked it out back and put it over the wall and I looked up and I saw that black panther again and it was starting to stride towards the house and so I started running back into the house and I'm like the bear Oh my goodness, we can't leave the bear out there. And I, I looked and the bear started striding towards the house as well. And we closed the door just in time, but the size of this Black Panther <clears throat> really has caught me off guard and, and I can't quite get a bearing on it. I was hoping maybe you had some ideas. Yep. The Bible says uh, the enemy prowls about like a roaring lion seeking who we may devour. <laughs> right? So... Panthers, cheetahs, leopards, lions, uh, large animals of that nature, large cats, generally represent a, a, one of two things. Either they represent Satan and, and or um, demons, or um, they, they can have a good representation. Uh, the lions obviously sometimes are, uh, are symbolic of Jesus, but in this particular setting, where there's a panther, a large cat, uh, prowling about, that, and you feel threatened by that, that's probably just a warning to you that the enemy is sort of stalking, prowling, looking around, it's surveying your life, your house, right? It's, you're in your house, and uh, your house represents your life. So it's, it's a suggestion from the Holy Spirit that uh, the enemy is, might be evaluating a way to find Find a way into your life, into your house, into your life. And you need to, it's, it's a warning dream. You need to be on guard and realize and be wary that something out there is trying to take advantage of you. Someone, something, some situation. And you need to just be uh, on guard. Also, the, the, the bears in your house, okay? If your house symbolizes your life, having bears in your house it's kind of symbolic that you have something dangerous in your life 
that you are allowing to remain there and you need to get rid of it. You need to put it out of your life, out of your house. Um, you wouldn't allow a bear and, and the cub in your house. This thing that you have in your life that's symbolized by the bear has given birth to something else. Okay, so you've got two things. Could be a habit, could be a worldview, it could be some bias, it could be a relationship. It's hard to say what it is. But there's something in your life that God wants you to get rid of, and it has given birth to something else. And there's two things, and they're connected. One gave birth to the other one, and you need to get rid of both of them. Uh, because I think what I'm feeling like the Holy Spirit is saying is that if you don't, that that panther, that that evil spirit or Satan, is actually going to use those things to destroy you. So you need to get rid of them uh, and just be wary. All right, uh, let's see. Who is next? Renee. Renee, if you want to hit the unmute button, uh, what's on your mind? Can you hear me? I can hear you. Okay. I have a similar dream at least once or twice a week. Okay. And I'm all in a building. It's usually a hospital or some an airport, sometimes a house. And I have a mission to do, some sort of mission. And I uh, there's always a long hallway with doors on each side. I open a door to try to find my way. I get there, and there's another hallway. And I have another door to go through, and it just goes on and on and on. And then finally I'll get to this. And like sometimes I'll accomplish my mission, I'll get to the outside of the building, whatever it is, and I'll realize, oh, I forgot my keys, I forgot my purse. And then I'll have to go back into the building, and I'll have to go through all these hallways and doors over and over again. It's just a nightmare. <laughs> In, interesting dream and you've in this did you say this is sort of a recurring theme recurring it's a different building sometimes it's a house sometimes it's usually it's a um well sometimes a hotel usually it's a hospital or a airport but okay it's been a hotel before it's been a house okay i'm going to give you some analysis of that dream all right uh buildings uh, buildings are very significant and they're symbolic in dreams. Your house, the house that you're in, usually represents your life. And other buildings represent um, other aspects of your life. So, uh, I have a lot of dreams where I'm, the buildings that I'm in are fire stations and ambulance uh, stations and things like that. Because that's what I do for a living. So God speaks to me in using symbolic images that I'm familiar with that have meaning to me. Um, so your the scene of your dreams is different. Sometimes hotels, sometimes airports, sometimes hospitals. So God is speaking about different areas, different realms of spheres of influence, different realms in your life. But he's speaking, it sounds to me, like a similar issue in each of them. You go through a doorway, you go down a long hallway, another doorway, another hallway, another doorway, another hallway. You're, you're going through this maze and then you get outside the building and then, oh crap, I forgot my purse and my, and my keys. All right, so what does that symbolize? Hallways, uh, generally, doorways, doorways and hallways generally symbolize opportunities 
openings and passageways to new things in your life. So in this dream, I think God might be suggesting that he wants to open doors for you. He wants to give you opportunities. But you're missing something. You're missing your keys, purse, phone, wallet. If you're missing any of those things in, in a dream, if you lost your phone, lost your wallet, lost your purse, lost your keys, those all symbolically speak of your identity. All right, where do you keep your driver's license? In your purse or wallet. If you lose your purse or wallet, you've lost your identity, right? So God is, I think, trying to suggest to you that you first have to get established in your identity in him, in who you are in Christ, in what he has called you to do, who he has called you to be, accept the assignments he's given you, uh, develop the talents he's given you, walk in the spiritual gifts that he has given you, right? These are all um, aspects of your life that have to do with your identity in Christ. Um, re really common dream that people have is lost or forgotten keys, phone, wallet, watch, all speak of identity. Um, before you're going to be successful in those realms of, your, of what God has called you to do, you have to get established in your identity a little, a little bit more, uh, more confident in who you are and more, uh, because ultimately, whatever you're going to do is going to require the exercise of authority. And authority is all about identity. It's knowing who you are in Christ. All righty. Uh, let's see. Uh-oh. We got trouble. Dwayne Hurd is on here. My buddy Dwayne wants to talk. Hey, Dwayne, unmute yourself. What's going on, man? I have a question. Go ahead, Dwayne. Uh, do you have a PayPal account that we can give to your ministry? I, I don't. Uh, they shut down five of my PayPal accounts. So we're, we're accepting donations right now through our website, prayingmedic.org. And we have a Give, Send, Go account that people are using to, to support us financially. Let's see. Sherry Faith has her hand up. Sherry Faith, if you actually want to speak, you can unmute yourself. Go ahead. I actually have two things. Um, one's a dream vision, and the other one is a healing question. Okay. Do you want me to do just one, or do them both. does it matter? No, you can do them both. Okay. The... The dream vision that I had was, um, I, I call it dream vision because it was during that time right when you're waking up, and it took all of about 15 seconds, and I was wearing in my dream um, garments, like a like soldier garments, the helmet, the breastplate, the shield, and I had this huge sword, and um, my feet were white, and I was with a whole host of, lot of people don't even can't describe you how many and it seemed like I was with the host of heaven and a bunch of angels and we all heard this cry it said advance 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 really fast like that and as soon as we heard that everybody just took off running and our feet were like just streams of light going we were moving so fast it was like I was floating above the ground and um, then we heard strike once 
and we all took our swords and we struck from the right to the left and then we kept running and then we heard strike one more time and we went from the left to the right and I woke up and my I was laying on my side and my legs were actually running and I had my arms sticking out and my husband, I was laughing because it was quite a humorous situation. I thought for sure my husband saw it, but he said he didn't. So yes, you had this dream vision. Uh, you just wanted to, to to talk about it. Did you have a question about it, or uh, I'm not sure what it means. I, mean, I, I it think you. I think you know what it means. <laughs> I mean, you don't have to. You don't have to be a, a you know a rocket scientist to figure that one out. Uh, we're in spiritual warfare, yeah. right? We're, we're in a time of battle. Yeah. And there's probably coming up a, if there isn't a time right now where we need to be, all right, so think about spiritual warfare. Um, if, you're, if you're a soldier, if you're a spiritual soldier, who's your commander? Who's the commander of the Lord's army? That'd be Jesus, right? Mm -hmm. So we take our orders from him. He's the, he's the commander in chief. And he tells us to advance. He tells us to halt. He tells us when to strike. If we're going to be successful in spiritual warfare, we need to be tapped in, tuned into what he is saying and uh, working in concert together and doing and following his commands. I think that's what that dream is about. Okay. Okay. So it's more about me listening and following the commands. And, and, and yeah, and, and letting you know that you're not alone, that there is a massive right. army, army with you. How about the color of the feet being white? I mean, it was uh, like what is, bright light. Yeah, what does white symbolize? I think it's purity or something. Yep, purity, holiness, um, the heavens, um, all uh, are symbolized by white. Yeah, so. Okay. All right. I guess that pretty much covers that. All right. How about my um, healing thing? Yep. Do you have a for that? Yeah. Have you ever heard of hemifacial atrophy? Have I ever heard of what? Hemifacial atrophy. Sounds like half of your face has uh, mus loss of muscle tone, I'm guessing. Right. I've never heard of it, but right. that's and what it sounds like. It's, it's pretty rare, um, and there's different levels of it. Uh, it affects the right side of my face and down to my neck. And I also have, and I believe that it's related, TMJ, where the bone in the uh, jaw, yep, right in the in the hinge, is deteriorated. Yep. I was told that it would never come back, and the tissue on my right side of the face, it, it, I just have no cheek. So. And on my, what? So what? What's your question about your condition? Well, um, I prayed for healing. I don't want to go into all of the healing things that I've no, had. No, you, you years, don't have to. I assume it's spiritual warfare. Okay. Spiritual attacks, you know, like the starting with the TNJ, and then I had the thyroid, and then I had the adrenal fatigue, and then I had, um, <clears throat> I had arsenic poisoning, and then I had a parasite, and then I had okay, some so food allergies, and I've overcome all of those. You've overcome all of those. Yes. But not the hemifacial. Um, no, that has not, I, I still have the, you know, I'm believing for it to be renewed. Okay. 
but I, I've never seen that sort of thing. Um, there, there so isn't, there isn't anything that can't be healed. If that's your question, okay. <laughs> it's not like there's, it's not like there's, oh, you have that. Oh, that can't, we can't do anything about that. That, that can't be healed. There is nothing that can't be healed. Um, I've repented of anger issues that I had okay. in the past. I've, yep. I've forgiven myself. I've, you know, I've tried to go, go through these things that I've heard you and various other people talk about. Yep. In fact, that's how I came to know who you are. Yep. It's searching for healing. Okay, I see. Uh, I've, I've accumulated a list of about 18 different things that um, are potential hindrances to healing and deliverance. Is that in your healing book? No, it's not. Because I discovered okay. them I discovered them more recently. The, the healing book, um, I, I wrote this, we published this in 2013. Uh, okay. A lot of these things I came to an awareness of after I, I published this book. But it, it comes down to things like emotional healing, uh, issues that might be going on in the courts of heaven, generational issues, uh, emotional trauma, um, things of that nature. And, and if you go through, sort of systematically go through those, those things one by one, demonic devices, a lot of people who have uh, uh, tinnitus ringing in the ears, the only people that I've ever seen healed of ringing in the ears uh, was it happened, they were healed because I got rid of a demonic device that was attached to them in the spirit world. I saw a, a, a device attached to their head and I did a prophetic act and I removed that device and their, their hearing was fine. Wow. So there's all kinds of things that, can, uh, that, ha that we have to be aware of and when we are not healed of something, it's because we haven't found the key yet. And I always just tell people, look, I don't know what the silver bullet is. I don't have the key. The Holy Spirit does. So I just always ask people, go to the Holy Spirit and have him show you what you're missing. Show you the key. Show you the thing that is going to, um, that, that it needs to be removed or dealt with to, to get healed. Okay. okay. Thank you. You bet. <laughs> Who's who's talking? This is Craven Justice. Oh, Craven Justice, what's on? What's going on, man? Craven Justice. Hey. I just uh, was wondering if you could uh, help me out with a dream that I've continuously had since I was a child. Okay. Uh, I always dream that my mom is holding me, and then she, all of a sudden, I'm falling, and I never hit the ground. I wake up before I hit the ground. But all I remember seeing is her holding me and then me falling. And I've had it numerous times throughout my life. Okay. Uh, do, you, do you do you have much experience or knowledge at all with dream interpretation? Not not really at all. I mean, I've I've listened to you on numerous occasions. Okay. And. Uh, I followed your telegram, obviously. Okay. And keep up with all your stuff. Okay. Other than that, no. Okay. So I'm just going to do some some uh, basic dream interpretation 101, and, and we'll help. I think it'll help you see a little bit about what's going on in this dream. So dreams can be classified as either literal or symbolic. Okay. Now 
this dream is obviously a symbolic dream. It's not a dream where God is literally showing you uh, that you're in a danger of your mother dropping you. Okay, that's it's that would be a literal dream. This is not a literal dream. It's a symbolic dream. Sure. So, the, so the question is, if we know that it's a symbolic dream, what does the symbolism mean? Right? There's two symbolic elements in this dream that you need to decode. One is, who is your mother? And two is, what does it mean to fall? All right? Okay. So one is an action, one is a person. Now, symbolically in dreams... Uh, your mother is not your actual mother. Your your mother in uh, in dreams is sometimes the church, actually. Right. So um, sometimes in dreams, sisters uh, or brothers are representative of other believers. But usually in a dream, your mother is often represents the church, the, the church body, the church organization as, as a as a body. Okay. So um, what does what does it mean to fall? What does it mean to be dropped by the church? <laughs> All right. The church is a body of people that is supposed to help um, encourage you, train and equip and um, take care of you and pray for you and, and, and in a sense keep you safe and secure okay if the church fails in that obligation uh, if the church screws up and isn't paying attention to you um, you could actually uh, dec- you could fall you could get hurt emotionally physically you could uh, if the church neglected you a mother who drops their child usually does so because of neglect, because they're not really paying attention to the child. They're not being mindful. And so the child then falls out of their arms. And a lot of people um, have not been nurtured by the church. They've been neglected. They've been abused. They've been mishandled by, by church congregations and, or the church at large. Um, you know, I, I've had a lot of uh, <clears throat> issues in the church. I'll just say that. Um, issues with abuse, issues with neglect. Um, so have a lot of my friends. And that's the kind of dream that I would expect God to give someone who has had some problems with the church. Um, and, and I would imagine that might be the issue that is being illustrated in that dream. I don't know for sure. There are other possibilities, but that would, that would sort of be the first possibility I would explore. Okay. Cool. All right, man. All right, brother. God bless. Thank you, sir. Bye. Oh, all right. Army. Hello, bro- can you hear me? I can hear you, Susan. Oh, hello. Yeah. Hi. Um. Yeah, I have one question I had for you was I was wondering if you had done healing on any of our political figures who appear to be quite corrupt, and if so, what did you find? Is, is that your? Yeah. So have I, I have I done healing on any of our political figures that are corrupt? Yes. Uh, not physical healing that I know of. Okay. So is that no is that what you're spirit. asking about, or are you asking about something else? I mean, like spirit, like spiritual healing. 
pray, I mean, I know you can pray for them, but is there any type of spiritual healing you can do for them to kind of, I don't know, determine what, what is the problem? Uh, so you're asking if there are things we can do to help them. Yes. I thought you were asking if I specifically had done anything. <laughs> Uh, well, I kind of did. I kind yeah. did just because uh, maybe you're better at it. Yeah. Well, no. I, I, I pray for um, I pray for these people all the time. Members of the cabal, the you know the corrupt people in government and and in uh, big pharma, in higher education, in the intelligence community. I I do pray for these people, that you know even Hillary Clinton, and George Soros. I have often prayed. The, and uh, Barack Obama, all during his uh, eight years in office, I was praying for him that God would break through to him and show him the light and show him the truth and lead him in the path of righteousness. I, I've always been praying for those people. Uh, okay. That's that's our duty as as children of God. It's our duty to pray for our leaders, you know, regardless of how much you hate them, regardless of how much you loathe what they're doing or what they stand for. We still have a responsibility to pray for them. Um, okay. So, yeah, I in, was... in, in a general sense, yeah, I, I do pray for these people. I know that as this thing drags on, it's getting more difficult to pray for these people who are obviously in the grip of evil, <laughs> but we still need to pray for them. Uh, because I think I've had dreams and other people have had dreams where that's suggesting that God is going to change the hearts of some of these people and they're going to repent of their evil um, and they're going to come around and see the light. Can I just briefly ask you one quick question? Sure. I was wondering what what would a dream interpretation be if you um, the dream showed you the spirit realm? What would the dream... Inter well, the interpretation of the dream... Uh, is going to depend on what you're seeing in the spirit realm. Who you're seeing, okay. what the yeah. action, I mean, that's kind of a, a vague, a kind of a vague question. Oh. I can't really give you interpretation. Uh, I, I see the spirit realm in visions, mm -hmm. but the interpretation... Like is real or just the dream? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, if you see the spirit realm in a vision or dream, it's real. It's not, okay. it's not generally your imagination. It's, it's normally your spiritual eyes... Are seeing into the spirit world and whatever your spirit is seeing is being transmitted to your soul or your mind and you're able to see it that's all it is okay yeah I won't go too long into my right. dream I know you have other <laughs> thanks all right Susan thank you Galen Gypsy you can hit the mute button and unmute yourself if you want to talk there it is there I it is it. Can you hear me? yep I can hear you all right, this is more about a thought that I had about Sherry's testimony. I believe her name was Sherry, the lady who has the thing wrong with her face. Okay. Um, as she was talking, and I hope I can get this out in a way that makes sense, the brightness of her feet, uh, the army that she's with, the fact that she's, she's fully armored, she is ready for this spiritual battle and recently the lord showed me a thing where he showed me that in my hand the sword that i was holding was a bright brilliant white sword which came to mind when she was talking about her situation and the 
the fa- the thing that is happening with her face, I believe it's directly connected to that vision. I think that she needs to go in with a sword and destroy the thing that is causing uh, this thing in her face. And I will just pray that the Lord will give her real understanding about whether that's the truth. Um, and I wanted to thank you. <laughs> I've been following you for a couple of years, but just recently ran into your spiritual advice and wisdom. And um, it has helped me so much. I had a, I had a uh, severe tendon sprain in my right wrist that went on for months and months and months. And I came across your teaching, and, I, and so I began to... Uh, 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 commanded the demon that was causing that pain would leave. There was a knot on my wrist that was like an arthritic knot, and I commanded that that would leave. The pain would go away temporarily, and then within an hour or a week would come back. And the the finish is, as of April of this year and up until now, it has come back a few times, but the, the arthritic not is completely gone that i felt the tendon pop back into place and i want to praise the lord that's awesome (laughs) that is awesome i will pray with you for your face thanks thank you thank you brother dave thanks gypsy uh all right i have a little commentary on that so um yeah i think sherry if you're still listening that's that yeah that's probably a, a good a good word, I guess I would say. On the issue with Gypsy's uh, injury to her wrist, her, her arm, and the arthritis and the pain and the knot, she said it went away and then it came back. All right. If you are uh, in the process of trying to get something healed, whether it's yourself or somebody else, and the pain changes, the symptoms change, um, normally pain, but it can be other things. If the symptoms change, if they resolve temporarily, if you feel better temporarily and then they come back, or the pain changes or the pain moves to a different part of your body, uh, not it's not uncommon to have pain. Uh, actually, <laughs> I was in Sedona a few years ago with my daughter. And uh, yeah, Sedona has a lot of spirits, a lot of, yeah, probably some a fair number of angels, but a lot of demons hang out there in Sedona. And well, we're, we're going through this uh, store, and there's a lot of art. There's a lot of paintings and things that are for sale. It's kind of an artsy district. Uh, my daughter goes in there, and she goes, Dad, what the heck? I got pain in my hand all of a sudden. She didn't injure herself. She didn't hurt herself. She just suddenly got pain right about there in her hand. And I said, okay, well, I'll pray for it. So... Uh, I commanded the pain to leave, and the pain went to her shoulder. <laughs> and I commanded the pain to leave, and it went to her back. And I commanded it to leave, and it went to her other arm. So I chased this thing around, um, and finally it left. That is a when pain moves, at when you're commanding it to leave, or when pain changes, gets better, gets worse, comes back. That is a clear sign that you're dealing with a spirit of pain. It's not a physiological problem. It's a spirit of pain. It's a demon. Um, And that demon will move around and go away and come back and go away and come back. And as long as you're not paying attention and not really aware of what's going on. 
I've, I've had this happen a number of times. I remember one time I was mowing the grass in my backyard and I was, I got done. I came in the house and I was walking across the floor in the kitchen. All of a sudden I got a pain, shooting pain in my foot. And I hadn't injured myself. I did not trip. I didn't stub my toe. I just had this shooting pain in my foot. And I just was like, oh, it's a demon, a spirit of pain. Get out right now. I command you to leave. And boom, it was gone. Uh, and, and it's not uncommon for those symptoms of pain to come back. After Denise got healed of her back injury, she had a, a herniated disc, the pain tried to come back a few times. Now, she had an actual herniation in her disc. She, we saw the, the MRI. You could see the bulging discs. So she got healed of that. And, and this, is, uh, this is some of the more subtle, nuanced issues of healing. Many times you'll suffer a physiological injury, a broken bone, a sprain, uh, strained muscles, uh, strained ligaments in your back. You might have a dislocation of some kind. And you have a physiological injury and you have pain associated with it. You can, uh, on occasion, you can get healed of the injury. Okay. So we do prayer. The person gets healed of the injury and a stupid spirit decides, I'm going to screw with this person. I'm going to come back. I'm going to give them some pain to make them think they weren't healed. So you'll get healed of the sprained wrist, healed of the carpal tunnel syndrome, healed of the neck pain. And then a day or two later, the pain comes back and you're like, what the heck? I guess I wasn't healed. No, you were healed and you have a spirit of pain that came back and is trying to fake you out. So you just command that spirit of pain to go and it'll leave and then it'll come back <laughs> and you command it to go again and it'll leave and it'll probably come back again. As long as the pain keeps coming back, you need to keep telling it to leave because it's a battle, right? That one guy was, was talking about how he was battling that pain in his mother's thumb for five weeks. He just kept going and going and going. Every day he was commanding that pain to leave. Eventually, uh, he wore that thing down. That spirit down got tired of it and the spirit decided to go hassle somebody else. And that's kind of how it is with... Um, with deliverance. We're, we're talking about deliverance here, in case you didn't know. Uh, removing evil spirits is, is deliverance. And it's a battle. It's a spiritual battle. Uh, it's a test of the will. Um, those spirits will come back and afflict you. And they're trying to, they're playing mind games with you. They're hoping that you will just give up and quit and stop commanding them to leave. Um, if, you're, if you are exercising your authority in Christ and you're commanding those spirits to leave don't be surprised if they leave for a while and come back but just know you just need to keep going after them and keep removing them and removing them until they finally go harass somebody else all right we have been going on two hours here and I'm starting to lose my voice a little bit uh, I think I'm gonna get some tea <laughs> and wrap this all up it has been awesome talking to you all it's been great taking your questions Love hearing the testimonies. Uh, I'm definitely going to do this again very soon. Maybe on the next uh, Q&A we'll do political Q&A, or maybe I'll just open it up to whatever people want to talk about. All right, Supernatural Saturday will return next Saturday at 1 p.m. Eastern, uh, noon Central, 11 o'clock Mountain, and 10 o'clock Pacific. I'll post 
the replay of this broadcast in my Telegram channel, and then I'll put it up on the website and on Rumble for those of you who want to catch the replay. All right, cool. Thank you very much for all of your contributions. It's been great. I had a really good time. Uh, it's Praying Medic signing off. I'll catch you on the next broadcast.